are back. The Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick with you this hour. Leaf edition of our show. We are live on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6 as always. And if you don't catch us live, find us on your favorite podcast download. My favorite hockey anniversary of the year, every year today. Uh, 14 years ago today, Sidney Crosby shot it into the net, boys, in overtime against the United States of America. And we haven't seen it since. <laughs> well, no, we did. We did in 2014. We saw it. I just and mean, no, I mean oh, the so, highlights. Like, oh, uh, no, no one's ever oh, allowed to yeah, see that. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah, that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And but, I had by far the best seat in the house. Where were you? Like, I want to say eight rows up on a hydraulic uh, set. Wow. So you were doing the, the Olympics. The, yeah, so you were doing the post game for Yeah. Bob McKenzie, Darren yep. Pang, and myself wow, were the panel. Be. It was cross for, for every game. Yeah, I do remember Three that a now. day. Yeah. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of hockey. So you're like, here's all the uniforms. Slovakia. All the uniforms were looking the same color. Yeah. <laughs> by the end of it. That's a lot Except of Except that game. And yeah. I will ask how, I mean, there's no cheering in the press box, but. Oh, yeah. Get we, out of the seat. Yeah, we, we were all excited. Yeah. For sure. Because. No one was going to throw things at us after we left the building. <laughs> Everybody was just drunk and cheering, yeah. yeah, which made it a very nice Did walk back to the... Did you guys openly celebrate? I, no, I don't. No, I don't remember it that way. No, yeah. it's not like we jumped in a car and waved a flag. No, I meant like in the moment. Yeah. Were you, were you like, yes. let's go. Yeah, as Canadians. Okay. Absolutely. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, I celebrated. What time of day <laughs> was that at? Do you remember? Yeah, it was afternoon game. It was the last event of the Olympics, right? But it would have been, so I think it, it would have been, been Eastern. It would have been, uh, yeah, somewhere late afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I just remember having to leave the bar and write an article for the score at the time. About it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, the coherence of which could be yeah. debated to this day. I'd actually but... like to read that one on air if you could <laughs> dig that up. I, the score nuked everything. I don't think anything ever yeah. there's, exists anymore. And 14 years. 14 years. Today. Iggy. Wow. And the funny thing about that is he was not very good in that tournament up until then. Who's that? that was Sid. It was oh, like really? one of the main talking points in that tournament is that he hadn't had a very good tournament. He hadn't scored yeah. much. I think his only goal was against Switzerland leading up until then. Nice give and go. Yeah. And he, he had a, he was two, two three uh, feet off the goal line and, and went uh, five hole on Ryan Miller. A little bit of Patrick Kane um, Stanley yeah. Cup winner to it, right? Except we knew this went in. Yeah. The, that, it was in our end, too. Yeah. So. And do you remember uh, right after that, Ron Wilson was the coach of the Leafs at the time. It was a complicated time as a Leaf fan because Brian Burke was the general manager yeah. of the United States and Ron Wilson was the coach. And, like, in his first media availability, he was like, wow, you know, the ref had got out of the way. And he was, like, immediately oh, hammering, like, the official. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was like... He was so sour about it. We're right no, you yourself. just get annoyed. Can't, can't <laughs> believe the crowd chanted so, fire Ron Wilson. Uh, yeah, I mean... It was great. It was one of the best days of my life, for sure. Very good. We got a good show today in terms of uh, guests. Uh, Steve Aliquette, of course, will join us uh, at, what, 4.30? 4.35-ish, uh, We'll discuss yeah. more on the Leafs goaltending scenario and, and what's out there in terms of the marketplace. And Rempe Media and Mania continues tonight at Madison Square Garden, too. Rempe, so. we'll, we'll get his thoughts on that as well. That's uh, that's quite the story. Uh, 
that took the league by storm, I think, in the last week. Yeah. So we'll see how that progresses with Valley. And then in the next hour, Cody Hodgson. Remember mm-hmm. first pick uh, of Nashville in 2016? I think he went 10th overall. No, that was in... No. It was Vancouver who picked him. Oh, Vancouver. He, reti- he retired. Last game was he retired. That's game. right. Yes. He retired. Yes. Yeah. See, I should know that because I... Your boys. I, I skated with him all... All year, and I got him back into pro hockey. Yeah, he was, he was drafted 10th in 08, and Kip did get him back in, into pro hockey. And he had the That's record. Right. Vaguely. 08, and then uh, shut it down in 2016. Mm-hmm. And now he's back again, yeah. scoring goals for Milwaukee. And we're going to have him on the show at the top later, of the hour. We are. Yep. I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, in the meantime, the Leafs' seven-game winning streak gets shut down. Mm. And... One of our lasting thoughts on yesterday's show was the West Coast trip and the adjustment. And then I watched the first period, and I'm totally on board with Sheldon talking about it being as one of the better periods Yeah, from the Leafs all year. You look at chances both ways. They dominated. I, I got a total vibe of the stretch of hockey that we've seen over two weeks is is continuing. Mm-hmm. And then the second and the third period was like a thud. It all came unglued, didn't it? Um, yeah, but they did come out with a pretty good effort. Weren't able to put one in the net, which, you know, often lets the other team hang around and get that belief a little bit. But, uh, yeah, good start to say the least. Why don't we start with Sheldon, do his overview of the game, and then we can Perfect. launch into it. Let's go. Our first Clippers, Kippers Clipper of the day. Loved our start. In fact, I thought it was our best start of the season. Thought it was better than any start we had when we were on the road. We were really going. Guys were flying and puck puck was moving well. Our pace was outstanding. We had great scoring chances, didn't score. Line changes, shift like like everything that you wanted uh, in the start of the game. Um, I thought we were tremendous there. Puck didn't fall for us, and then I thought it, it, it because it was Going so well, I thought we started to overdo it. I thought we got too comfortable in the game. You can't get comfortable against this team. Like, they're just too good defensively. Uh, and I thought we got cute with it. I really slowed our game down and allowed them to kind of settle in. And it's, it's a pretty even game uh, from there until we, uh, you know, we make a mistake. And, uh, you know, they get the lead. And then now the game, you've you got to kind of open it up and, and chase it a bit. To, to me, the very obvious here. But the moment of the game, they lost the game, was the the, Dev- the Devaris turnover in the corner. That after they had finally got the momentum back, Bertuzzi scored. Yeah, it's funny how now Bertuzzi's the only one who can score. Mm-hmm. It's like he went from he never can score to he's the only one who scores Bobby, now. Right? But uh, that turnover by Tavares that leads to the shot from the slot by Carlson just felt like it broke them. And they had nothing left after that one. That's that's how it felt to me. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like the the goal, the, the score, the Barbashev one to yeah. make it one nothing is very indicative of... It's just something the Leafs do where they get offensively obsessed and they start to creep in and think offense. And once it's not going in, right, they push and they get chances. Everything becomes like, how are we going to get this next goal? And they forget the other team's allowed to play too. And you watch that goal, Domi's creeping and Nylander's creeping. Deer coming down. Barbashev's just like, I'm, I'm Wide here. open. Yeah, and that, that happened again. A Nylander uh, break turned into a breakaway against for Amadio. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we've just seen that over the years at the Leafs where they just get, like, focused on, oh, it's not going in. How do we score? And then the other way. Okay, you went Tavares, you went defense. So where do we go on our next clip? What do you want? Defense? Yeah, let's go with Or the, on J- JT? 
The JT one's very short because it's asked about if um, he's feeling hurt or if there's something going on with him. So we can play that clip and you can hear his answer if you want to do that on Tavares. Let's go. Yep. The injury, your, what's your sense of where he's at physically? Like, he's had a bit of discomfort at times tonight? No, I, I, don't, I don't sense that. I think he's, he's fine. There you go. <laughs> he's fine, eh? He's fine. Not hearing it. Okay, let's stay on Tavares for a split second here yeah. um, because we've watched JT throughout his career with the Islanders and five seasons with the Leafs. Yep. And... I've never seen him more animated than last night with the the reaction off of the, the goal that you just spoke of or coming to the bench and slamming his stick. And I don't know if I've ever seen him do that. No, I, I, I haven't. Has anybody? Yeah, there's like maybe the odd one-off yeah. moment, but you're right. There's not many games but it's where not he's like consistently him. frustrated. Yeah. So is that just in a, a single play or is that... I've been demoted, and I'm no longer on the power play. I think they work hand-in-hand, Kip. You know, I don't think you... I don't think suddenly he has a moment or two where he's so frustrated that he just has a whole night like that. Like, I think it's related to he hadn't been scoring. He had been feeling... I know he had more recently after they make the, made these changes, but he hadn't for a long stretch. And then you start to feel your importance on the team slip away a little bit right like you know whether it's ice time it's line mates it's opportunity whatever however you want to look at it and then it's going worse and by the way players like farther down the lineup like you know i would have experienced it's hard to produce from the third line when you're not on the first power play unit it gets harder when you're in those spots so i cumulative frustration for me yeah i don't know if he knows himself as a hockey player from the moment he put on skates to not being the guy that is supposed to produce. Not to be like, looked at to as me, the To me, guy. it would feel like a fish out of water for him right now that he's asked to do something that has never been asked from him in his entire life of being a hockey mm-hmm. player, and that is uh, don't worry about scoring right now. Just make good, sound defensive plays and don't cheat for offense. And... We're good. You know, part of it could be that he wants to show that he understands that role and he can play it well and be the reliable guy. And so when he makes a mistake like that, it hurts even more because he's like, ah, you know, I'm supposed to be doing this one thing and and that's not working. So you've mentioned it before multiple times. You said about him putting on skates and being expected to produce. It's not even just the expectations. Every team he's been on, he's not been one of the, if he's not the best player, he's the second best player Mm -hmm. on every single team he's ever been on in his entire life. And that's just not, he's not the fifth best player on this team right now. Like, it's just, it's, it looks a lot different for him. Yeah. And I'm sure it's tough like to come to grips with. Self-identity issues. Yes. And then like, you know, if you've won the cup and taken a lower role or something, you might be able to be like, all right, I've played different parts. I've done different things, whatever. But this, yeah. this is unique for him in his career. So yeah, all eyes on him adjusting. And we've heard from Sheldon talk about his kind of new role and John's going to do whatever it takes for mm-hmm. the team to win and you know john understands and john's this and john's that and john's in there going oh hold on for a second i want to be that yeah john's gonna what next you know what's go hard. on long-term ir come up with a sore back no you know what's hard now Pardon? is like well i'm just sitting there going you just played a, a team that's 
lost Mark Stone for the end of the season and now put themselves in a position to go get Gensel. What just happened on this show? Gen- okay. Oh. You see uh, Gensel? No, Dial it back. Three okay, days. all right. Let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. I have, I have no, yeah. okay. no information yeah, to suggest okay. that Mark Stone's situation isn't legit. Right. Okay. Was it like a lacerated spleen? That seems legit. But yeah. it is, uh, it, there, there is something comforting to know now you have the freedom to go get yes. maybe an eight or nine million dollar player. Right. Definitely. Yes. I, I see. Yeah. Picking up what you're putting down yeah. there. It That's would, all. It would work. That's all. I, do you think that would happen? What's that? Surprise is fine. He's fine. He's fine. Coach okay. said a spleen. He's fine. Part. So he's not. Hey, does his hey. appendix hurt him or something? Like, would would it change the trade deadline between now and uh, March eighth if Tavares came down with a sore back? Yes, it would. Oh tremendous. my God, Kipper! But what's going on? Unless here? you think that Do might you happen. Think this is going to happen? No, I don't think okay. it's going to happen. Okay, okay, okay. I absolutely okay. don't. Okay, what I th- but but if, okay, well, but <laughs> if you're. Hey, but if you're in the the mindset of John would do whatever it takes for the, to help the team win, then I mean he would be really fresh coming back after 25 games. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm on hey, board if he, with that if plan. He's if sore, he's willing to execute it, yeah. If he's sore, but he's not. He's 34 years old. There's a lot of wear and tear. You can find any legitimacy to shut a guy down for a little while. You know what's way more likely to happen than that? is that they put him back on the second line with Willie and, Nylander, back on the power play, and he plays more ice time. That's way more likely to happen. And I just agree. for the record here, this isn't uh, this isn't me pointing a finger at Vegas or the Toronto Maple Leafs. This is me pointing oh, a finger at the system. Well, I mean, that's, that's left it wide open yeah. for this crap to happen. Yes. Do it. If it's a possibility, do it. It's not even people are like, yeah, if he ain't cheating, you're not trying or whatever. It's like not even cheating anymore. It's like it's March. The trade deadline is so late. Was it March 8th and the season yeah. ends April 15th or it, something? You got to go five weeks without a guy? Teams do, do it's that just, all the time. It's turned into like the luxury tax for the NBA. Yeah. They've used it like as like the, the yes, player. for the it's the luxury tax. And you go above it for the playoffs. Um, yeah. Anyways, get a lot of texts here about this. Can I read this text? Please. Uh, after all the mistakes last night, Morgan Riley is minus four, and we blame John yeah. Tavares for the loss. Well, we're not blaming John I Tavares. Know. Who blamed no, John Tavares? Not. It just we're talking Sandy's about Tavares. Frustrated. The I know. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Now the Riley Brody duo. Yeah. Was- uh, okay, can I just? Okay, sorry. Just uh, one more touch on John Tavares, yeah, and to the point where this guy is. Um, I'm with you sometimes that you got to look at a bigger picture. The Leafs are down. 2-1, they get the Bertuzzi goal, mm. right? Yeah. And I think, I'm thinking worst case scenario, you're getting out of the period down 2-1. Mm-hmm. Then Sheldon goes and he puts Tavares on a line with Matthews and Marner. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he uh, wants to tie it 2-2. Right, okay. Okay. And yet you go down 3-1. Mm-hmm. Like for for me, that's, that's Sheldon chasing it right and I, I i didn't i didn't think it was the right time for him to now load up and try to get that second goal before the end of 40 minutes i you know i can't that makes yeah. no sense to me kip what you're talking about like to me it's like there you're better with Tavares than no you're not rookie on the no ice. you're not no you're not and that goal proved it Tavares had where was Tavares? He's a left I mean, winger. He's in the he's playing, playing the low. Result. He's better than Matthew. No, Nyes. he's not. I'm De- putting Holmberg in there. 
a big, strong guy. I'm getting out of the period down 2-1 and regrouping. I'm not trying to tie the score. You think Holmberg is a better player than John Tavares? In his own zone, 100% on the left wing. So you're defending a 2-1 trail? Like, what's the plan yeah, here? You're I, trying I, to I'm, catch I'm, up. I, I don't want to give up the third goal. I'm not trying to chase That's a playing goal. the result to me. You're playing the result. Yeah, it didn't work no, out. He made a bad yeah, turnover. I didn't like the change. Yeah. I didn't like the change. All you're telling me is by loading up Tavares with Marner and 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 uh, Matthews is you're trying to score the next goal. For sure. You are. Think defense first. You're out of your mind. You're losing. Yeah. Listen, I will say, I wrote an article today, sportsnet.ca, and I made the case you're making right now, which is generally the Leafs have a hard time thinking that, okay, when they're chasing the game, there's still time. So to that point, I agree. I agree with loading up your good players when you're behind trying to win whatever, but got, I think too often the Leafs are like, you know, they got 15 minutes left in the game. And they're like, we got to, you know, throw everything at this problem where sometimes some patience would help. Max Domi, they're down 3-1, yeah. 10 minutes left. To me, patience. He, he tries to tip one out of the zone, and instead of stopping, he keeps going. It's yeah. not the time yet to get desperate. So I agree with the idea that some patience is okay. I don't think putting good players on the yeah. ice is, goes. But he's been doing. He does that. He does that a lot of periods in the season where he'll load up the top line for the last minute of the game. It's kind of like one of his things. You know, he you're does. Getting it's after. okay. Last he minute does. of the game. Yeah. No, he does it. He does it in last minute of the period. You're talking about. And he, yeah, he does it a lot. Yes, he does like. it a lot. And it was just to me yeah. that's a fine time to do it. Tavares. The, the, the goal sunk the whole game. It did. But it took the energy right out. Yeah. And you had for it sure. with Bertuzzi's goal. And again, for me, anyways, that that situation would have been take the momentum off the Bertuzzi goal into the into the uh, dressing room to regroup on a on a period you you weren't really thrilled with to I begin guess, with. I guess I think you're in big big trouble if you think Tavares can't score you offense and now you can't play him because you're worried about his defense. All of a sudden, you're no, off just going, just in that situation, yeah. just in that scenario where you're asking him now. Uh, to to play the left wing, mm-hmm. and he ends up being in the opposite corner, acting like a centerman. You better hope he likes the left wing. <laughs> you don't you don't see him Some back at center as a second line guy when this is all said and done. Last year they get O'Reilly and he plays left wing to start playoffs. Right? Is that you know or towards yeah. that, or after po- the trade deadline anyway? Yeah. You want to stay on uh, Sheldon Keefe and and talk about. Uh, as long him, as we him, also get to hand it this. Him, him getting tossed? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. What do you, so, Sam, do you know Sam's in trouble on, on the internet? Uh, Sam's always in trouble. I know, but his, yeah. his thing on Leafs talk, what'd you say? Well, I just said that he's giving me Nick Nurse vibes just Keith with how is. much, yeah, Keith is, just how much he's always on the refs. And I, I think the refs last night were not particularly great, but it just feels like no matter how they are, you pan to the bench and he's just screaming at him and we've mentioned this before in the show it's what good does it do to do it every single night mm-hmm. and it just it feels you know there's a perception amongst Leaf fans that there's the, the refs are out to get the Leafs and I don't know if this is a perception among all fan bases maybe it's thing but like they're 29th in the league and penalties drawn this year and, and every it, year and every year and people think it's that there's an anti-leaf bias yeah. of some sort. Yep. That's a, that 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 is definitely out there. That 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 perception or yeah. that actual thing. That perception for sure. And I actually, you know, the Paris the Paris one, people were getting bent out of shape about. I actually can kind of, I I I'm with that one a bit. 
mm-hmm. like in terms of him hating the Leafs. And like, I'll hear that. I will not hear, like, do you really think that the refs have a huge thing together? They're like, we're going to screw the Leafs? Like, do they have meetings? Like, I, I just, I don't know how people actually believe. And I'm a Leaf fan. And I don't yeah. want to dump on my Leaf fan brethren, but it drives me crazy. There's no way it's a thing. It's like, it's a product of the way they've played forever. What is the thing, though, is general, generally speaking as, a, as an official's team, they know who the jerks or the smart yeah, asses are. Or Sheldon could they, coach they, Arizona they've got a, and they might they've still got a them. list of who they'd rather talk to or deal with and who treats them with respect and who doesn't. Yeah. And I would imagine Sheldon's, you know, somewhere, you know, on, on the side of can we get this guy just to shut up once? Coach is, is going to keep his mouth shut. It's such a boy who cried wolf thing. Because, like, if you yell at them all the time, they're just like, we don't know if you're actually upset or if this is just another thing. I, I do think it's hilarious that Garrett Rank shipped him. Like, I think that's oh, I, that it's is hilarious the, that he didn't give him a penalty. The, he just no, told him to go the, home. Uh, the, the officials got a bit of a reputation for, for, for doing that Rank as does. well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, like, I thought... You never see that. That yeah. never happens in a hockey game. Listening to him. Like it happens all the time in baseball. It's one of my favorite things in the sport. I got, but. Yeah, I got two sides to this. I can play both sides as as far as the official goes. Just the, the game's over. There's a couple minutes left. Just suck yeah, it up. Sheldon's not going to fight anyone. Skin. Yeah, you're Let rough. him rant. Go on. Just yeah. turn your back and drop the puck. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need to... Uh, and actually, Sheldon was extremely calm at the time he got ejected. I understand that yeah, he had not a, been called. It was calm. the 10 minutes prior to that yeah, that yeah. probably sent him over the edge. Right. So that's my first thought. Yeah. My second one is also, Sheldon, just give it a rest. Yeah. The game's over, Sheldon. It's 5-2. Yes, it was a horrible call. It was a phantom call. But the Bad game call. is over. Yeah. Okay? And that's not the reason why you lost. No. Let's listen to Sheldon on clip this two is, here on getting tossed. Listen up. Take us through what led to your clearly answered clip. No. No. In terms of things that you said to the refs in the past, like, not, where did. Not, not going there. Not going there. Literally wouldn't even do it, eh? No. Won't engage the conversation. That sucks. Dude. There is, for every coach, there is a method to the madness on when. And how to do it. Yeah. Okay. You think Sheldon's got a method or? No. no. I, he didn't have one last night. I agree. He was just off the cuff. Yeah. It served no purpose. You got to build something up. So at the most critical point, either the regular season or in the playoffs, you can play a few of those cards. Mm-hmm. Last night was a waste. A complete waste Game's of getting over. thrown out. Yeah. And that's that's the part where Sheldon's got to still needs to figure it out. Is that there's a time and place where you need the next call, so you're going to say certain things either on the bench or through the media, and that's again intertwined with your general manager and your president. And last night just served no purpose to being thrown out. When the score is 5-2 and the game is yeah. over. I know in baseball there's like strategic ejection, ejections where the managers yeah. are like, I'm going to show my team, I'm going to go to the wall for them on this one. It doesn't really happen in hockey. 
you know, you, and you see the clip of Willie kind of being like, where Willie was like, hey, hey, you know, chill out. We don't need this right now. So yeah, that that wasn't the case last night. I agree that there didn't seem to be a plan. <sighs> he is an emotional guy, and but, like. You just won seven in a row. Yeah. It's not like if you've lost seven in a row and then again, you've got all this pent up yeah. frustration and you need to send a message to either your team or the other team or the Does officials it send a or something. That you care that you, you know, you genuinely just care about every two points. Won seven in a row. You've played your best hockey in the last two weeks. Yeah. What? Like, no, no, that's not the time. There's other ways to show that. That's not in that instance. But he's one of those guys, and I can tell you from working with him, that even when you win a bunch, it's not take your foot off the gas because we're having success time. He wants to keep slamming it to the floor. And you can say what you will about that. It hasn't produced Judging by Willie's uh, reaction, uh, you better be careful with that. that. That stuff tires out players, man. They don't need to hear that all the time. I'm with you. And, like, I, I forget what game it was in the streak, but they screamed, that's on you at the ref because mm-hmm. they called, like, a penalty and they're up in the game. It's like, man, just. Yeah. Too, like, we all watch a lot of hockey. Not every coach is doing this every game. No. And it feels like it's every game with Keith. That's Especially my funny, point. the coaches who have won a lot in the NHL, you don't see them do it much at all. John Cooper, Hardly ever. Joel, this is John Cooper. Yeah, Joel Quenville, you know, was like that. I know even, like, Paul Maurice had that big epic rant in Toronto that kind of that turned their players. season around. That wasn't even at the refs. It was at his players. But that's what made it meaningful is it was, A, it's players. But also it was uncommon mm-hmm. to see Maurice red-faced and losing his mind, right? So yeah. it has value. So maybe he'll get there. Okay. Um, we don't need to... The Marner penalty was a goofy miss by the officials, and it was it looked to me like his stick was there. I don't know. It doesn't even doesn't really matter. I'm I'm not. It was a bad call. It was a bad call. But the stick was near the leg. Guys go down. It's a fast game, but like it's a bad call. It's a bad. You you get why he's mad. Big deal for sure. All right. Uh, The lefties. The lefties. I thought it was a major problem. I thought it was a major problem last night. uh, Yeah. And then factor in that. Lilligren was starting to look good, mm-hmm. and now you've lost him, and right back to kind of that feeling of Brody. Dude, Brody, brutal on the right side. Like, when he went back on pucks, he turned three over below their goal line in the first period, where he just, if he were a right shot, he could have just put it up the wall, and he kind of gets jammed and tries to make backhand plays or whatever, and it just... It's a problem, and I know we've said they need a right-hand shot, and I, I know that's part of the plan, but it can't be. Is it Nick Steeler who they really like but who happens to be a left shot as well? Like, it can't be a left shot. It can't be Noah Hannafin. No, it has to be a right hand. It has to be yeah. a right shot. It just uh, You're already going to have McCabe at the very least playing his offside. You already have to play Lilligren because you just don't have right shots, so... That is something to watch as they move towards the deadline, that it has to be at least one right-hand shot. Once you get out of the coming off a West Coast trip and running out of gas in the second and the third period, there was the part of the game last night where you watch the, the Vegas Golden Knights blue line and you go, that's a playoff team. Well, That, that blue line put on... A clinic last night. And then as, as, as much as you want to get excited about the Leafs the last two weeks, you watch them looking behind them going, oh, oh, oh that's a breakaway. Oh, yeah. I wonder if he scores. Like, 
that stuff doesn't happen when Vegas is on, right? Yeah. Like, but, that, I mean, they're, they're not looking behind themselves. That Petrangelo last night was a stud beyond belief. Best player in the rink. Like, a clinic yeah. that guy put on, yeah. on on how to play defense and how to compete for a Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. No, you're going to say that they just hung seven on yeah. him or whatever. They yeah. did. However. Just beat the crap out of him. They did. Less than a week ago. But I think this was a... You know, they Vegas did get embarrassed at home, and sure. they they had you know done their scouting and all that against the Leafs, and I think they came in with a little bit more of a snarl and an, an intention to defend. Mm-hmm. And I watched a lot of video. I tr- almost treated today like a uh, like a video coach, and the amount of times that the Leafs had almost opportunities that there's layers of golden knights in front of the net, getting a poke, getting a mm-hmm. stick, slowing down the hands on a shot. Oh, like, they just couldn't get any play, clean look. The play Shea Theodore made on Marner. When he was shorthanded mm-hmm. and he had a step on him, he just had the stick, got the body position. When he likes to do that tap back pass, yeah. he just got the stick out there, poked it off his stick. Like Shea Theodore, I think he had three assists last night. He was all over the place too. It's a good decor, no question. Nicholas Haig, like yeah. here's a guy he that they him, pick man. up in the second round. He's six seven. That big six seven. That's so tall. <laughs> and this, I, th- I think he scored like thirty goals in 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 junior. Really? Like this guy can actually score too. Yeah. And yet he's not asked to be like a, a power play type of guy. Right. But like this is a this is a Stanley Cup contending blue line. Well, it's, it better be because their forward group's not very good. No, it's no, not. they were they, they they played with structure and discipline last yeah. night without two of their best players. Yeah, without two of their best. I mean, without the two guys, they're not very good. With the two guys, they barely have enough offense. But like their their decor is so good that to yeah. me, any time they yeah. always have a chance. The Leafs last night had five grade-A scoring opportunities. Yeah, period. They've all, total. Oh, total? Total. Felt like they were in the first five minutes of that game. Yeah, yeah. and they're only uh, only three other times this year have they like, had fewer than that. Austin didn't get it. hardly any looks. He like had that. like nine attempts in one shot. Like they were all, all over, over in his range. Anytime he – and it reminded me of playoffs when the Leafs scored two seven straight games where the guys got to good spots. Matthews yeah. too. Like remember he got to the slot on the power play on a break and he takes a pass from Marner. There's always a stick there. And, you know, that's something they're going to have to overcome is figuring out how to play against very good defenses. Teams that have better defense than uh, Vegas in terms of uh, goals against totals, Boston, Florida, and the Rangers. Oh, great. Yeah. All three of them. Will to play any of those guys? <laughs> Definitely one of them. Although quite, Detroit might pass the league. It's going to be interesting here, guys, because like, outside of, I think, ten of uh, – I don't know where you go. Like, are you are you going to be okay with uh, Edmondson coming? Uh, Labushkin. Nick Jensen's name I hear from Washington, right-handed shot. He's I got guess, years on his deal. Yeah. That's a name I'm starting to hear. Mm-hmm. Is that is that going to be enough? I don't know. Like, can you do something out of the box? Like, I know we kind of shot down Borgen and Adam Larson yesterday, but, like, can you pay a little more and get someone who actually really works in that spot? Because you're right, the, the list is not it's David Savards and you know a lot of those type of yeah. butchers. All in or all out? There I, is no in I, between. I can't for the life of me let last night shake my belief. But boy, it was hard to watch that and not be like, oh, maybe they're we're playing bad teams. No, 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 they're no, they're yeah. actually good. Like yeah. it was a tough performance to watch. I, I'll say this: Thursday night need a bounce back drubbing yeah. against the Coyotes. Put you right back on track, Sammy. Yes. 
Okay, let's take a quick break. When we return, Steve Valaket, analyst for the New York Rangers on MSG. He'll help us uh, tee up that game. Yeah, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves as the Leafs will face Arizona tomorrow night, but they also have the New York Rangers Saturday night, which means... We, ding, so we ding, just ding, like ding, Valley, ding. all right? Yeah. What's that? So we just like Valley. This yeah, is time, and we this like is Valley. The, this is the time Valley could do, so we're like, let's just make it work. <laughs> so there we go. That's and perhaps that. a heavyweight title match Saturday oh, yeah. night as well. Rempe Reeve. We'll ask Round one. Valley that as well. When we return on Real Kipper and Born. The best Blue Jays show out there, period. Blair and Barker. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We just love our next guest to the point where we'll just like, okay, when's he available? When can we get him? Right? <laughs> Work around his schedule. And it's not even like, it. it's not even now we go to Steve Aliquette for just like goaltending stuff. We want anything yeah. that we can get out of the guy. So that's Wait, why we're. suits? Why we're. <laughs> nice stuff. <laughs> Is it a canali? What's going on? That's Actually, why we're... this is a Canadian company. This is Copley. Oh, oh very lovely. nice. Known yeah. well up here. But we don't, yeah, you know what? what we, we didn't bring you on for fashion, bud. <laughs> yeah, bring Henrik on for that. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get into some goaltending, uh, which is right up your alley, I'm, I'm going with the, the heavyweight tilt tonight uh, between Columbus and the Rangers and the, and the Rempe um phenomenon is that what's going on love to hear your angle of his past week and and is there anything in your career that you can compare this to a teammate or you know something from afar like the story has been incredible in the last week valley oh sorry lights just went out on me here i'm in an old office at the uh, msg networks but as long as you guys can still see me we're good pal you're good swinging it back on but here's what i remember uh colton Orr. when i worked when i was with orzy we had uh geez we had yager we had shanahan chris drury scott gomez we had straka so we had a lot of guys that uh needed room out there to perform and i remember orzy on the bench before games just yelling at the other team saying if you guys even sneeze on any of these guys i'm coming after you and they were getting room and Orzi at one point, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, probably haven't. There was a rumor going around the NHL that he implied, uh, implanted a metal plate in his fist in the offseason. And that's why he was knocking everybody out. So into that season, he had beaten up a few guys. I remember one in particular was Todd Fedoric, his orbital bone uh, broke. We were set to play against the Islanders on the weekend. And we had heard from their group that they wanted an x-ray to prove that Colt Nord didn't have a steel plate in his hand. <laughs> and they weren't going to let him play unless we could prove it. So Orzi has to send an x-ray to Gary Bettman and to Garth Snow to prove that he didn't Come have a metal on. plate. In and yeah, well, yeah. So we're in the locker room together. We're good buddies. And I'm like, Orzi, you got to send it with the middle finger. So he <laughs> sent the, the x-ray to the, to the commissioner. And he, oh, it was the best. And he signs it to me. He goes, to Valley, when a myth becomes a legend. And this was something that was taking on a life of its own. And I remember everybody coming to the games, not to see the goals, but to see what Colt Nord was going to do next. I'm seeing this for a second time with Rempe and, Look, guys, he's even grown since he's been here. He's been here five games. He was listed at 6'7". Now he's 6'8 and a half. Like, he's just knocking everybody out. But 
it's been a little bit reckless. And I'm talking to Nick Fatiu on the way over here. He gives me a call. I'm just about to get on the train, and we're talking about how to lock up an elbow. And Nicky's one of my all-time favorites. He was my coach in the minor leagues, and I see him often. I speak to him often. And we're just talking about picking your spots and maybe not letting everybody know that you're going to fight the next guy. And if Olivier wants to fight tonight, do you let him know and warm up, or do you let him think about it a little bit? And I'll tell you what, guys, just to wrap this up, it's, it's hard for me, too, because I lost – Another friend two weeks ago, Scott Page, he was the first captain of the Mississauga Ice Dogs, and Steve Montador, uh, those two guys were my best men at my wedding. So I'm looking at my pictures in my office of my two best men that are no longer with us. CT was a factor in both of their deaths, and I have a hard time seeing a young 21-year-old go in there and just go guns a-blazing without protecting himself, too. And part of me... Part of me hopes he doesn't play tonight, to be honest. And he was pretty wobbly uh, on Sunday after getting hit with a couple from Olivier. Valley, very well said. Mm-hmm. And um, the difference between my generation and his right now is that that awareness. So let me ask you something. Uh, who, who in that dressing room can pull him on the side and, and, and talk to him and, and, and get him to understand the risks and you can't keep this pace and... You need to work on your game, your skating, your forechecking, your energy. Who is no. that? Is that Truba? Is that someone in the Truba. front office? Is it Nikki Fatio, yeah. who we all love? Yeah, exactly. Look, I'm I'm watching. Just coincidentally, I'm watching Ice Guardians last night. My parents are visiting from Nova Scotia. My dad likes the old school stuff. So, But look... Eric Goddard's in that, uh, who's had some issues post-retirement with stuff. And and he's a really good friend of mine, lived in my house in Bridgeport. Colt Noor, a very good friend of mine. Brian McGratton, I was a roommate with for two years. I've always been around the enforcers, Kipper, because um, we're the only two guys that can get embarrassed. The goaltender and the enforcer. And oftentimes in a locker room, especially the backup goalie, is very close with the enforcers because there's, there's, a, there's a piece there that you, you share a bond. Now... Is it Jonathan Quick that talks to him? You know, because there's a guy that's been around, you know, and you want to, and it's for sure it's Jacob True, but he's the lieutenant on this team. And this team all of a sudden overnight got tough. You know, like this is a, this is a group that can play Florida now. And you don't want to waste it in the regular season. You have to save a piece for what's going to be coming in the playoff playoffs. So Valley, how do you, how do you feel about, fighting now in the way obviously it's backed off considerably from when you played but given how closely you've been affected by it but also as an analyst of the game and recognizing the value that it can bring to a team when you have someone who suddenly creates room for your team like that you know when you watch this it must be a conflicting feeling it is big time i have a hard time with it right now i saw steve monitor guys i I spent a week with him in his basement you know and this was a flight from Milford, Connecticut to Chicago. I, I could hear it in his voice. I lived it. We were best friends since we were teenagers. Greatest person, best teammate. He'd fight for you guys in a second. Uh, Scott Page, I remember him in junior. We played together for the Sudbury Wolves. He's my best friend. And his face looked like a roadmap. And we would celebrate it. Yeah. And I feel so stupid for it now. But, you know, that's what we grew up with. Now, there's a piece of me that, yes, it's still a big part of the game. The intimidation factor, it's there. You need it. Now, can we do it smartly, meaning 
just as we're talking about here, you know, Rempe, you don't have to fight Olivier again tonight. You could take a night off. You're not going to fight 82 times next season. Mm-hmm. So oh, I have a hard time with it, man. I, I really do. I, I don't even know what to say. Look, yeah. uh, Chris Nowitzki, who's at the BU uh, Institute where brains are sent when somebody passes away, he was my first phone call the morning I found out two weeks ago. It's the second time I've had to call him in five years for one of my best friends. You know, he's like, Steve, not again. You know, and I'm like, yeah, Chris. Yeah, it's heavy. You know, and they really get his brain in uh, less than 24 hours. They'll be looked at and, and we'll find out in six months uh, from BU. Well, Valley, we, we certainly appreciate your candid thoughts on this topic, and it's one that we could probably do for an hour or two on its yeah. own. But um, there's more to our conversation in this Leaf edition, including Samsonov having, you know, a, a decent run since coming back uh, all-star break and a, kind of reestablishing himself. And uh, going into last night, I think a 9-2 and two record. But, and here's the but, um, the Leafs now are in a situation where Joseph Wall's back. The thought is maybe he gets in on the weekend, but then you've got the three-headed monster with Martin Jones. So just give us your overall thoughts on a three-headed monster in general or how it pertains to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, the three-headed monster never works. I've been in it before. <laughs> uh, there's two nets in practice. One guy isn't getting work. Um, here's the thing. I, I watched the game last night, and I didn't like goal number one, which was a breakaway. And you yeah. might say, well, it was a breakaway. Yeah, but here's the problem. I don't know if Samsonov's game's a great fit for Toronto because Toronto does give up a lot of breakaways. Uh, 28th in the NHL in breakaways against, okay? Samsonov, only one goaltender has a worse save percentage in the NHL on breakaways. So it's not a good fit. You're playing goal for a team that gives up a lot of breakaways. That's bad. And you see the first goal, and you, you have to watch it through, I guess, a goalie lens a little bit. But typically you step out, you challenge, you stride back one, two. You've got some glide so you can finish with your save above the post. And all he does is come out and get really wide and open, and that puck goes through him. So it's it's just not a good goal from that perspective. But look, goal number three was the backbreaker, and it's a one-timer. And, and this is something that you would know from scouting Vegas. That's what they look for. As soon as the puck gets below the goal line with Vegas, they always have their F3 looking for a one-timer from the slot. They don't jam the net. They're not going to crash the net and create chaos. They're looking for that guy moving. And Carlson's a lefty. And what if you look at it, again, from uh, the goalie perspective, Samsonov's job when the puck goes to the corner, it is to scan the middle and find out who is a threat there. And you would know that Vegas is looking for it, so that should be something that's at the top of your mind. When the puck goes to the corner, guys, and there's a, there's a battle, and it's either nobody's puck or uh, nobody's gotten to it yet, that's always your window to take a look. Check the front. Check the front. What do I have? Oh, lefty. Lefty, okay, one-timer. And now when the pass comes across, I can track it to a lefty. That should be a pretty routine save. But he allows the puck to get ahead of him, and it's a five-hole shot that he's trying to charge because he didn't do the work before the shot. Mm -hmm. Playing goal, it's a lot like a defenseman. The harder you work before retrieving a puck out of a corner for a defenseman or the harder I work as a goalie to locate the next threat, not the guy in the corner that's got the puck, the easier my save is or the easier as a defenseman would make a first pass. I just don't think he's doing the work before the shot. How much of difficulty um, for a goaltender in Toronto is it just like, I guess, how much is on the goalie and how much is on the defense? Because I look at goaltenders who have success and they tend to play behind pretty good decors. We've had Carter Hutton on 
saying that when he played for the Blues, it was so much easier than when he played for the Sabres based on the quality of the defenses. Like this Leafs decor is not elite. How much harder do they make it on the goaltenders? Yeah, Borny, listen, you guys know I listen to you guys, and I know that you're aware that the Leafs were a very good defending team two years ago, Mm. three years ago, and now they've lost it, but not lost it to a degree where it's really problematic. Um, Breakaways, as I said, 28th. Rebounds, 22nd. And two goals last night were off rebounds. Uh, Screens, 22nd. And actually, that's one of... uh, the biggest weaknesses in Samsonov's game as well as off screens. Uh, there was a screen deflection goal last night, and it's so easy to dismiss. You could say, oh, well, you know, it was screened and deflected. Yeah, but you still don't see what would make him successful, which is shift over on your feet, get big, get behind it, build a wall, rather than reaching. Look how small I am here. Benoit Allaire would say this all the time. Your arms separated from your body. This goes in, this goes in. It could hit you in the middle of the chest and go in. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. You've got to have actually the width of a puck uh, off your elbows. Imagine that I'm in my goalie stance and I can hold a puck off my elbow and hip on both sides. That's that's the distance, three inches. But he's out here, and it's it makes him small and it makes him leaky. Look, Samsonov's had his difficulty. I don't think if it's no, I don't think you guys should run with him. Look, man, I'm a Leaf fan. I'm on the show because I listen. Because I want if the Rangers don't win, I want the Leafs to win. We could have a round one matchup here. This could very legitimately be Leafs Rangers. It'd be awesome. We could do a daily show, boys. Hey, listen, we'll have you on. I promise. Valley, I love watching you guys when I'm on. Thanks, pal. Yeah, you're very Doug McLean. Let me ask you something. In your career, how many times did you look out from your crease and see six? left-handed shots on your blue line. And is it that big of a deal once puck drops? It's still noticeable to you with the action moving? Do you actually sit there and go, yeah, I wish this blade would have been on the other side? Uh, Nowhere I noticed it, Kipper, was guys boxing out because they can't get under on the right side. So a righty, a righty defenseman in front of me when the puck is walking across the top, he gets to go under you and push you like this. Whereas the lefty finds a hard time getting around and it gives him a hard, it gives me like a layered screen when it should be an easy lane. Interesting. Hey, yeah. By the way, that's the screens. Look at the screens number. Uh, what did I say? 22nd, right? Yeah. 22nd in screens allowed. I bet you if you looked at where those screens are coming from, it's from the goaltender's right side. I mean, awesome. I know we have to get going quick, but I do want to ask you about the Rangers goaltending. Um, you know, the defensive numbers in New York look really good. I think they're the sixth best team in terms of goals against in the league. How much credit do the goalies deserve versus their defense score? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so they've been giving up a lot of shots. Five, uh, five straight games with 40 or more shots against, but wow. it's been a lot of low calorie fluff, like a lot of long shots. And it's so funny because that's when Shesterkin plays his best. Yeah. You get this guy. <laughs> Philadelphia on the weekend, they had 30 low danger shots, and he's just out there. Every time he gets a great A, it just looks routine. Uh, He's won his last six games. Over the last month, he's 10 goals better than expected. That's best in the league. The guy's back. He looks amazing right now. His last legit, like the only time he didn't look good was the um, stadium series game where he was a little leaky, but maybe uh, some glare. I don't know. That's what I heard. Valley, you telling me this story about Colton Orr and that steel plate in his glove story, and I'm so mad at myself that I didn't, didn't think, think of to it. Didn't think to do it. Didn't think of it myself. 
Oh, yeah. Orzy loves it. He loves every time I bring it up, too. He texts me right away. So hopefully he'll pick this up or I'll, I'll send That's it over to him. That's an all-time story. I cannot believe I haven't heard that. Oh, he's the best. Yeah. And I got the I got the x-ray to prove it. I'll, I'll maybe post that sometime. That was buddy, You're the best. <laughs> you're the best on our show. Thanks for doing this. Hey, anytime, fellas. Take Thanks, care. Steve Alicat. What up? Oh, he's so good. Is he off the air? <laughs> no. I don't want him to hear that. He did. For sure. I mean, He's so good. Between the personal notes, the, the goaltending stuff, the Colt Norris story, that's a no, Hall the, of the, Fame. The, the boxing out on the left yeah, and the right-handed the handed shot. The boxing out, I didn't even think it's, of that. It's stuff that you, you know, you go to the net and you just roll off of guys yeah, and you know which spin. side you're going to roll off of. and But you don't, I mean, for him to uh, articulate it on mm. our show, I, I just, he's awesome. HOF interview. I agree. Join Cobb's Bread this Saturday, March 2nd, for Donation Day, where $2 from every six-pack of their hot cross buns uh, sold will be donated to over 100 local Canadian charities with a target goal of over half a million dollars. To celebrate, we're giving away a $100 Cobb's Bread gift card all week. To enter, text the daily code word to 59590. Today's code word is one of their hot cross bun flavors, Cranberry Orange. Text Cranberry Orange to 59590 right now for your chance to win. Cobb's Bread bakes fresh in-house all day, every day. And when their doors close, all the leftover baked goods are donated to local charities. The next morning, they start fresh, baby. It's a cranberry orange. Text cranberry orange to 59590. That sounds good. There you go, boys. They're lemon blueberry scones. That, that, was, that was one of the greatest segues from steel plates and hockey gloves <laughs> to, cr- hot to hot cross buns. Hot cross buns. I used to play that song in the recorder. Hot cross That's unbelievable <laughs> stuff. All right. Our thanks to Steve Alicat, analyst for the New York Rangers, and one of our favorites here on Real Kipper and Born. We're just getting started here. We go national next. What do we add? Cody Hodgson. Hodgson. Yeah. Oh, my, oh, my winger. On. My Thursday morning <laughs> winger. Eight years. He's up next. <laughs>